This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Oh, yeah, get them in the air. It's hour number four of the G-Bag Nation here on 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a good day out here on a Cowboys Monday. Sure, they lost. Uh, we're reviewing the damage and looking forward to Tampa. Also looking forward to tonight's national championship with TCU having an opportunity to bring a title back home to the Metroplex. This is huge tonight. Uh, and and Woolchuck has your uh, college football super segment here in just a second. I did want to say Kellen Moore's been at the podium. He's been talking. Amongst the quotes on yesterday's offensive performance, obviously really a poor performance for us. Tons of three and outs. Very abnormal for us. Game plan was to win it, but we just didn't execute and didn't call it well. Okay. You know, I I, I see the coaches trying to take some of, of the pressure off the players and be like, oh, yeah, that's on me. Didn't practice well. Didn't call a good game. You couldn't have come up with any plays yesterday. Maybe the practice, maybe there was a major letdown going into week 18, and they really didn't have all that much to play for? I I don't know. It really seemed like the players were focused last week with their words, but I would say this is not that abnormal considering they haven't been able to run the ball a lot in the second half of the season. Uh, I don't know. But they've been able to bail themselves out of it. Yeah. With the passing game. Like, they've been, it's hey, it's third and long, and Dak in the passing game, get it figured out. No time and time again, and then yesterday there was no figuring it out. The so you think this was a disaster? You, do you think this is a one-off? Not something to worry about? No, I, I'm I'm worried about it for sure. I'm yeah. definitely worried about it. Uh, I mean, the fact that you could look that inept. It wasn't like ah, uh, just kind of a bad game. There were bad moments, but there were some things that you liked. There's really other than the touchdown pass to CD Lamb. Even yeah. even in lead up to that, things looked wonky before halftime. Are they going to botch this thing? And it's Washington playing a little bit of prevent. Okay, you had a halfway decent drive. But otherwise, otherwise everything was so bad yesterday, I don't know how you could trust them. The fact that they are capable of that playing that poor is just extremely disheartening. And, and Dak had bailed them out plenty in lead up to this with no run game and still first down run, second down run. Yesterday, that could that just couldn't happen. Here's that a, was terrible. Here's a tiny bit more chicken soup for your soul. D.C. Dan Quinn hinting weeks ago that this would be the case. He said, personnel usage and scheme in recent games was influenced by a desire to learn more about the players and what they could offer in the postseason. Okay, so to borrow a storyline from 2021, which I was made of made fun of savagely, you know, Dan Quinn was doing things in the regular season, just trying to find out what might work 
in the postseason. And Brian, you mentioned that at the start of the show today. So credit to you for that. Dan Quinn says, absolutely. And he pointed at Chauncey Golston and said, absolutely. I feel like his arrow is is going up. So there's a couple of quotes from your coordinators as the Cowboys are back at practice. And it is time now for a college football super segment. Here's your host, Zach Wolchuk. Well, we got Georgia and TCU. That's going to be kicking off here in uh, about an hour and a half. Gosh, that sucks. We got a weird early kick. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, will that actually kick off at 6.30? I don't know. That's what they're saying. But aren't we accustomed to these like 8 o'clock kicks for the national championship game? Things are bizarre. But what does TCU need to do to get this victory? The keys for TCU to shock Georgia tonight. What about these tight ends? We've talked about the tight ends for the Bulldogs, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. Now, Washington, we don't know if he's going to play tonight for the Dogs, but Brock Bowers is an absolute stud. you got to find a way to counter them. Simply put, TCU does not have a matchup for those players on their roster. you got your linebackers, D. Winters and Jamoy Hodge. Now, Hodge has been fantastic, and each hold a coverage grade of under 60, according to Pro Football Focus, which you always take uh, by a grain of salt there. You have converted wide receiver, Shadrick Banks, who might step into the lineup, play some key snaps against Bowers. I like that. He's an athlete. Uh, Banks is a kid I got to watch play in high school as well. But this 3-3-5 defensive system is built to attack from unorthodox angles. We got to see that, and it worked very well against Michigan at times. Forced a couple of pick sixes as well. Maybe that confuses Stetson Bennett a lot. Some. I mean, he, he doesn't quite see that in the SEC at all. So I'm sure he's studied film and he's watched that, and Kirby Smart will have him ready to go. Yeah. Stetson Bennett's like 38 years old, though. That's true. So, that's, you know, I mean, he, that, that's the thing about it. And they've got the weapons on the outside. You know, this will test TCU to their full limits. And yeah, they're going to have to be super creative. I think this game is going to be a hinge on for them offensively, well, excuse me, defensively for TCU on if they could stop Bowers. I think I think Bowers is the one guy that when when Stetson Bennett needs a big play, the ball's going in his direction. He's an outstanding red zone player. He's very athletic. He knows how to get up the seams, get open. He runs through zones. He catches the ball. He's super reliable. This is going to be if if you watch the game tonight and all of a sudden number nineteen is catching every single ball for Georgia. That's a really bad sign for TCU. Well, another key to victory, they need to have another type of performance up front like they did against Michigan. where They did control the line. They controlled the line, and that's a good front that Michigan has, but it's a different beast tonight against Georgia. And they did an excellent job of controlling where their offensive line feasted. They paved the way for 263 rushing yards despite the loss of Kendra Miller. It's doubtful. It's not looking good for Kendra Miller to go tonight for TCU. But now you're going to get a test against who I think might be the best player in this NFL draft, Jalen Carter. Now, Ohio State did an excellent job of neutralizing Jalen Carter. Can TCU do a similar thing tonight against what is an outstanding player. Jordan Davis got a lot of attention in last year's draft class. Jalen Carter, to me, is a better player. Yeah, you know, Carter, he's just so disruptive. That's the thing about it in the way that he's able to get up the field and and attack. And, And you're right, Ohio State did a really, really nice job. This is a TCU offensive line that's got some veteran players. On the flip side of that, Georgia's a pretty young if you look at at them, it's mainly sophomores and a couple of juniors and stuff like that. But this TCU offensive line are are guys, these redshirt seniors. 
they're going to be ready in this game. They made it a very physical and personal game last week against Michigan. Michigan was the the Joe Moore award winner for best offensive line in the country. That TCU line showed their their they medal sure last week. I would not I would not put it past this veteran group to have a good day up front for TCU. Yeah, and they average 6'4", 317 pounds on they the will line. Lean they're, on they're, they're a big group. Yeah, they they're are a big lean, group. Lean and on you. One coach uh, said that they're really big. They're better than I thought. They're really well coached, and I thought they handled Michigan's movements well in the last game, worked well together. Big, massive, good players who move their feet well. Not a knock-you-off-the-ball operation, but they're really, really good at position blocking and giving the back enough, to, uh, enough crease to get at least four yards a pop. So that old line for TCU, it, I mean, it has played the well. They, yeah. they have been. And also explosive plays. They they got to continue. They they had 11 explosive plays. You know, Georgia's done good in terms of limiting, limiting explosive plays, but they got tons of them against Michigan. That was key. They turned that into a Big 12 type of track meet in that one. So you've got Quinton Johnston, who some believe is the best wide receiver in the upcoming NFL draft. I think he's going to be a top 15 pick. Uh, you know, I, I'm partial to Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, local kid out of Rockwall, but I got a lot of love for Quentin Johnston. That matchup with Keely Ringo, I actually think favors him. I think he's going to give Keely Ringo some fits in this game. That's going to yeah, be fun. And also, Amari DiMarcado, who's probably going to be the starter. He, it's a homecoming for him. There's going to be a lot of emotion for him in this game. He's going to have a lot of friends and family there, but he's an explosive playmaker. Look for him as well out of the backfield in this one tonight. And Max Duggan, uh, 18 passing touchdowns of 20 or more yards this season. That leads all quarterbacks for college football. That The, the big play TCU offense, the speed that's there, and, and it, they're going to have opportunities today, and they got to hit him. And then Max Duggan taking advantage of things with his legs like Stroud did last week, all going a, a, a long way for TCU yeah. tonight. And, and look, Georgia's been been toasted a little bit. I mean, you mentioned this, Brian, watching the SEC championship game. Yeah. You know, Kayshawn Boutte, uh, Malik Neighbors were able to get some big plays. And Marvin Harrison Jr. toasted Keeley Ringo for 106 yards, two touchdowns. That's why I like Quentin Johnston. I mean, all eyes need to be, if, if you're a draft guy and you're watching these, I mean, Dane Brugler put out, you know, who are some prospects to watch? You know, Marty DiMarcado is one from Georgia. But it's so, some of the guys that Brian and I have already watched – Quentin Johnston's one, Jalen Carter is another, but Keely Ringo's one as well. And I think, Brian, I mean, it's not to go ahead and just completely strip down Keely Ringo, good player, yeah. but he's probably more of the overhyped prospects right now in the process I, I of think, the corners we've watched. I think there's going to be some problems with him having to deal with Johnston's speed. You know, a big guy that can cover some ground, long stride and all that. I think that Keely, I, there was some times where people were run, like – baiting him he comes forward and then they get past him and take off running and I didn't see the catch-up speed with him another guy too to keep an eye on and I know you've probably watched him too is Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Johnson though. really good I mean he is a really good he's the left tackle yeah so, 6'4 315 yeah, big kid Georgia likes when they when they're running the football it's usually behind that left side over there with Broderick Johnson the, that right side of that TCU defense is got going to have to buckle down you know, they, they, they play that front that everybody thinks you could kind of run the ball on, but those linebackers make a ton of tackle. If George is getting those, like if you see number 59 out there up in space and all that outside blocking like that, 
Georgia's probably having success running. They the busted ball. out a little bear front last week too versus Michigan. They did, yeah. and that's the thing. Like they're going to get creative on defense. I mean, that, that's what they're all about: trying to just confuse the opposition and coming at a kind of kamikaze, just attack at a bunch of different angles. But you also have Dylan Horton that Dane's pointing out, who is an edge from TCU, six four two seventy five. Not a guy I've been able to watch yet, but that'll be a fun matchup. Dylan Horton going up against uh, Broderick Jones, the left tackle from Georgia as well. So there are some fun individual matchups in this game, but I think you look at the quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who's been on on the stage before, certainly not going to get rattled, but he turned it over quite a bit. How does Max Duggan play, and is he able to run around and use his legs in this one? You know, I talked about that against Michigan, kind of some of his mobility, him being able to run around. You saw that in the Kansas State game. It might be big again tonight against Georgia as well, getting some dirty yards from Max Duggan. That's really what I wonder about because we've obviously seen in the NFL how the running quarterback can be a massive X factor. We know that uh, the secondary he's facing isn't great, but how fast is that front? You know, and he's fast, but he's not blazing fast. And, you know, the, the, the difference in speed going to an SEC defense could be the difference for him tonight. Hopefully it's not. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I tell you what, you know, and Georgia does have, and, and it's not a veteran team, but they do have some guys, especially at quarterback, as we mentioned, that have played in this setting before. I, I feel like the the nerves very early in this game. You remember last week against Michigan, though, TCU gives up a huge run, and then all of a sudden it's like they play goal line defense and get to stop right there. You know, they're going to probably have to deal with a little bit of that today, the nerves and all that. It's great that they got the victory last week. But, man, this is a totally different stage to play on. If you're TCU and you win the toss, defer? No, I'm taking the ball. I'm going to go with it. I'm gonna go. most, most teams in college will take the second half. If I'm TCU, I try, to, I try to establish something here. I come out swinging and say, okay, let's see if you can cover our All-American wide receiver. You know, let's, let's go see. put the pressure on immediately. Yeah, yeah, Give up 7 nothing. Run and feel the ball. Great. Let's see. You know, the, your quarterback is a Heisman Trophy finalist. You know, their quarterback is, too. But you come out and you show something offensively, let them establish some things early. I think that would be a great a great way for TCU to get into this game. Okay, so if you're Georgia and you win the toss, you I'm want taking, your offense there. Yeah, or you I'm want ta- your defense. I'm, yeah, I'm taking the ball. Okay, right. so Broadus is taking the ball. Though. He's taking, saying, okay. "Hey, Michael Lombardi, you were the best man in my wedding, yeah. but bleep your middle eight conversation. Yeah. We don't need any doesn't of that. Matter. It doesn't apply. Save in that for the regular season. I, I just feel yeah. like in this game, you just try. You really try to come out and establish something that. That we're going to be here all day. Yeah. Allegedly, RG3 said on one of these ESPN pregame shows today that TCU has the advantage at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defensive back, and special teams. Wow. Let's go. He's RG3. Like that's, that's, a, that's a big 12 guy talking right there. <laughs> yeah, that's RG3 pull and Texas guy as well. Yeah. Uh, some big names returning. On the other side of that, Tim Tebow David and, Pollock and David Pollock is a Georgia. Otherwise. Georgia's got the talent. <laughs> it's all the edges going for the SEC. Yeah. Big names returning to their schools today. Blake Corum is going to come back Michigan. to Michigan all right. for 2023. Hmm. That is big news. And Utah is getting Cam Rising back oh, as well quarterback. at quarterback. So he, they're going to try and set up for a big run there in the Pac-12. Also, if you missed it, Dylan Gabriel going back to Oklahoma. Mm. And it seems like Jalen Catalan, the outstanding safety for Mansfield Legacy, who would be a first-round pick 
talent-wise, just can't stay healthy. He entered the transfer portal from Arkansas, where it is he's going to be going to Austin. He will be coming a Texas Longhorn as well. So there is some big news in the college football world. Thank you, Wolchuk. It is time now for the Expressway. We'll have 35 minutes of uninterrupted content, all the breaking headlines, then Bobby Belt, then Lucius Alexander in L.A. Live coming up at around 540 here in the G-Bag Nation. The fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back, Nation. Time to hit the expressway. 35 minutes of uninterrupted sports content. Bobby Belt's about 10 minutes away. Uh, there's some really interesting NBA trade rumors involving the Dallas Mavericks. And this thing could get really fun. We'll hit you with those rumors here in just a second. But I think it's very appropriate to open up with the national title game. Uh, most importantly, this game starts at 630. Okay. And we keep saying it. I think a lot of people are expecting 745, 8. Um, but that is not going to be the case. So you you got to cut out. You got to get to a TV. Got about an hour and ten minutes before this starts. Segment is brought to you by the Frankels. If you're hurt in an accident and it's not your fault, call the Frankels two one four three 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 thirty three thirty three. Go to truckwreck.com. Uh, Leighton Vanderesh is going to be on with Brad Sham tonight. The Cowboys Hour uh, seven to eight, and he should be back for the Wild Card Weekend, and and so should uh, Hankins. And uh, fingers crossed on Biotish. Is that yes, right? Yes. All, okay. all trending in that direction. Elsewhere, Bill Safety, Damar Hamlin, released from the University of Cincinnati Medical Center after spending almost a week in the hospital following the cardiac arrest on the field. Uh, that news was shared by the doctors at UC Health. He flew from Cincinnati to Buffalo, and it was transferred uh, to the medical center and the Gates Vascular Institute, and is now in stable condition and continues to receive treatment as he recovers now uh, back home in Buffalo. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. This, the the medical team there at Cincinnati uh, had a press conference, and the thing that they they had 
uh, in the in the transfer of Hamlin, they they had people flying with him to make sure that everything that his lungs and stuff could handle the oh, flight. The and they, yeah, yeah, and they were happy to report that he's in the uh, the the what they call the care team now with Buffalo. And uh, they thanked everybody, and every, they thanked everybody for you know, all their support of the doctors and nurses and stuff there in Cincinnati, and and what they were able to be able to do. Well, right on, man! Congrats to everybody involved. the The Cardinals have fired head coach Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, uh, ten months after his extension, and uh, GM Steve Kime has decided to step away to focus on his health. Uh, uh, owner Bidwell uh, made both of those announcements uh, today, yeah. saying Kaim offered his resignation last week. Yeah. Okay, uh, here we go with the Mavs trade rumor. Ruskies, guys, it's getting fun here. We're looking at about a month till the NBA trade deadline. In uh, Cleveland, uh, one of the reporters, Chris Fedor, uh, reporting that the Mavs uh, have uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. and that uh, the Cavaliers are keeping an eye on him. Late Sunday night, reporter Mark Stein backed up that report saying league sources have reaffirmed Hardaway is indeed available, and it's essentially up to the Cavaliers if they're prepared to take on two years and $34 million that is left on Hardaway's contract. I didn't see compensation in the story that I read, so I think the Mavs are just willing to take like an expiring contract and maybe like a future second-round pick or something. Get the salary off the books? To help it make uh, sense a little bit for the value. But, yeah, Cleveland's playing so well. They're looking at their bench and saying, man, how how, how much better could we make this uh, situation and provide us a little bit more scoring uh, power from a six-man role? Man, Tim Hardaway Jr., has he has been bad. Uh, Grant Avseth pointed out on Twitter that the he's got the lowest field goal percentage on drives among players with 50 or more field goal attempts, mm. uh, 29.4%. Tim Hardaway Jr., the single worst in the sport. Wow. Uh, on the flip side, Luke is number two for being the best. Uh, so that's exciting. But, uh, yeah, it, it, they got one eye on Tim Hardaway Jr. I need both eyes and hands on Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, pa- apparently Stein so, says it's up to the Cavs if they want to do it. They could. I've seen I hope they do. Some, something about maybe you could do a swap. Now, the Mavericks will probably have to kick something else in here. But maybe you could do THJ for Karis LeVert. Oh my goodness! And then the Mavericks, the Mavericks would have to kick in a little bit of a sweetener in this deal. Okay, but that could be the smoking Cuban is alluding to something along those lines that the Mavericks might be interested in. Certainly, I don't know if that the Cleveland Cavaliers would be interested in doing that, but the Mavericks would be interested in that kind of swap. Yeah, because he's got an expiring deal. So, Karis LeVert, yeah. yeah. And he does much better at the rim. <laughs> Absolutely. Than worst in the NBA, that's for sure. Okay, how about this one? We go to uh, the Detroit Pistons. Okay, and with Detroit, they are currently the holders of one of the two Bogdanoviches across this association. This would be Bojan, and he is 33 years old. He's averaging 21 points per game. He shoots 48 from the floor and 42 from three. Hello! Uh, Pistons uh, are bad. And, uh, you know, Kate Cunningham had season-ending surgery, so they are flat out in a rebuild, and they don't want to win. So... Maybe trading Bogdanovich could help them lose a little bit more, getting the Wimby uh, sweepstakes a little bit better. And so it comes down to what kind of future assets could a team give? Every playoff team wants a Bogdanovich. They'd probably take two. You know, you're looking at guys that can dribble, pass, shoot, and play better defense than your average Euro. Um, So uh, there is an injury concern, I think, with this particular uh, Bogdanovich. But they were talking about Jake Fisher uh, says the asking price is high, but... 
a float that you saw was a combination of Josh Green, Bertans, and a 2026 first-round pick? Yeah, that would be the compensation that the Mavericks would give up to get Bogdanovich. Now, that's interesting because I think a lot of people are excited about Josh Green and his potential right now, but that would be the type of swap, and you get back Bogdanovich, so it's a win-now move, and you just kind of go ahead and punt on the future of Josh Green, but when you have Luka Doncic, everything's kind of win now, and yeah. you're less about the future. Well, and the Pistons can ask for whatever they want, and Bogey is having a nice year, but a couple of months back, they gave up Kelly Olenek and Saban Lee, who's no longer on the Jazz, maybe not in the league. I don't know where he is, maybe right now a free agent, but Olenek's not doing anything. So, you know, the Pistons didn't have to give up a ton to right. get him. He's still available. And, you know, he's aging and has injury concerns. Maybe a first is too much. Maybe Josh Green is too much. Maybe, but you're also unloading the terrible contract that is Bertans. Yeah. And that's also kind of why you're kicking in that first. It's like, hey, you're taking Bertans off our hands, so we're giving you this first-round pick. So Jake Fisher listed the Mavericks as one of four suitors for Bogdanovich. Um, Other teams are going to uh, be interested, but... They're not looking to to blow anything up either. I wonder if what we're trying to do here is Mark Cuban get rid of future salary so we can give it to Christian Wood. Could be. Okay, that that would make sense for salary cap management. And it also would make sense for the unfortunate budding narrative that Mark Cuban has gone cheapskate on you. He is he is not looking to pay luxury tax. And he's like, Well, yeah, I get you Christian Wood, but you know, front office, you got to get rid of these other bad contracts that we have on our team if you want me to give significant money to to a star player. And if that's the case, I'll say it again, Mark. I we it hasn't been confirmed that you are Seattle luxury tax, but if you are that committed to it, you've drawn a line in the sand. You need to sell the team, bro. Okay, that's a clear sign that you've lost your winning edge. You now have priorities other than let's win the championship. It's like you want to win the championship with not participating in revenue sharing at all. Um, for a while, you told us you didn't have to build through the draft. Like your bad ideas are are pretty significant. It's it's actually you know quite impressive that you were able to win a championship. And, and salute to Charlotte for trading you Tyson Chandler that that allowed that to happen. But this would be the king of all mistakes if 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 Mark Cuban has decided we're going to go into Lucas Prime being dead set committed to avoiding the luxury tax. And we we have had several whispers and rumors and reports that this is starting to become the case. Letting Jalen Brunson go was probably more about staying out of that luxury tax area um, than, than other factors. So we'll see. It is time now to catch up with Bobby Belt here, our Cowboys insider on 105.3 The Fan. And a good evening, Bobby. How the heck are you? What's up, homies? Man, we are trying to pick up the pieces from this defeat and decide how much optimism we should have for the Tampa game. Where are you at with those two things right now? Uh, I, I view Dallas right now as the the team that's in the playoffs every year that like they could beat any one of the other 13 teams in the playoffs uh, on, on really just about any given game, and then they could very easily lose to any of the 13. Um, it just depends on... How they come out and and do they shoot themselves in the foot or do they establish their game and do they play their style? And if they do that, um, then they've got a shot. They are a better football team than Tampa Bay. I know right now everybody's going to, you know, be kind of wringing their hands about it and understandably so. Yesterday was really, really bad. Um, But 
At the end of the day, I think it makes sense that they're a three-point favorite in Tampa. They're a better football team that caused a lot of matchup problems for Tampa Bay. These are two different teams than you saw uh, in week one. Would I have preferred a, a like a Green Bay matchup over a Tampa Bay one? Absolutely. But uh, I, I'd, I'd still say I'm, I'm pretty bullish on Dallas's chances of winning this wild card game. You sound like a guy who's got a beard on his face right now. I do. It's a, it's a wonderful beard. Um, in fact, I think the the fan cam shows that um, just how how uh, you know strong my beard game is. Wow, uh, we got an I, up close beard, yeah. Bobby beard on the on the fan cam by way of just uh, completely pestering Wolchuk right now. This is outstanding. Yeah, I just I don't know what I'd do without one. To be honest, um, I'd feel like less of a man. Uh, I, I would uh, you know really just question everything if I didn't have one. So. Um, luckily, you know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, you, my, my bearded bro there, uh, Gavin Dawson and, and Lucius Alexander and, and Eric Chiafalo, even now that Stubble's coming back, okay. uh, and even Brian Broaddus right now, uh, more so than Zach Wolchuk, even, uh, I think you guys all know what I'm talking about. That was a next level troll and perhaps the most savage thing you've done to Wolchuk. And there's a long list by... <laughs> By making the worst possible picture, though, your profile picture on Twitter, man, and, that was that was low. And tweeting it out and hashtagging new profile pics so Twitter, that everybody Twitter, sees it. Twitter asked me when I changed my profile picture. It's like, hey, do you want to let people know? Let people know you got a new profile picture. And I was like, that's a great effing idea, Twitter. Let's do that. And I just I hit tweet. So what do you want me to do? I've been meaning to ask you today, Bob. Blame Elon, Wolchuk, not me. I have nothing nice to say to you right now. <laughs> yes, Twitter is a lawless land now. It's it's wide open, censorship free. Uh, I've been meaning to ask you, do you think there's news coming when it's over that Micah was dealing with something? Um, <laughs> the, the, He will tell you that he's he's banged up and yeah. that he's, he's hurting. Um, I, I don't know that we're going to find... A, a situation like with Zeke's knee, for instance, right? Like last year where it was like, oh, yeah, this is I mean, we knew the knee was bothering him, but it's it's like, yeah, this is something that was bothering him pretty consistently. It was a defined injury. This is more, I think, with Mike is just about, you know, bumps and bruises being banged up. I, I think he's had, um, you know, a couple different things this year. He early in the year, I know he's dealing with like a, a, a quick ankle thing and then a knee. And but I, but I kind of feel like that's just the the result of you know, the the attention that he gets from the offense, the chips, the double teams, the physicality they play him with, um, and just the the amount of reps he's had to take, you know, as an edge rusher as opposed to a linebacker. Like last year when he was a linebacker, he could, you know, be sort of a, a run and chase will at times. He didn't have to just take as many snaps as he does, uh, you know, rushing the passer. And I think that he's just, he, he's he's feeling the, the beat down of it. But um, I, I don't think we're going to find any sort of, you know, big time injury, or you remember last year when we we got to the 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 combine and Mike McCarthy out of nowhere just kind of said, "Oh yeah," and uh, Dak had a procedure on his shoulder. It wasn't a big thing. Uh, like like I don't think we're gonna see anything like that. Uh, I think it'll be more just he he's he's feeling the wear and tear that that comes with an NFL season and getting a lot of attention from the offense. You know, it, early in the year, it it seemed like there was this suddenness and burst to his game, and I just didn't notice the speed. Was that because the the offenses were paying so much attention to him. They were bottling him up and not letting him run. Um, yeah, I, I mean that, gosh, it, it honestly feels like, you know, two years ago, thinking back to like even week one, week two, stuff like that when he was uh, playing. But, um, you know, that, that's, that can certainly be part of it. They, the entire pass rush here, it's, it's funny. I was reading an article from Steven Ruiz over uh, at the ringer and he had talked about the, the big challenge facing each team. 
And uh, for for Tampa Bay going into the playoff, it was, you know, are they going to be able to block enough against Dallas's elite pass rush? And it's like, what pass rush have you watched like in the last yeah. several weeks? Um, that That's not really a question. I know I know Tampa Bay's had their problems blocking this year and given Tom Brady the 2.3 seconds he needs to get the ball out. But, uh, you know, this this hasn't been a, a pass rush that's had a lot of success doing that. Like Brian's told us repeatedly, like teams are committed to just as Tennessee was committed and Washington was committed to, we are not going to let you run. Most offenses right now are committed to, we are not going to let you rush the passer. However, we got to do that. Do we got to get the ball out quickly? Uh, you know, do we do we got to do this or that or whatever else? Like they're going to try anything they can to uh, you know neutralize the pass rush. And to this point, it's worked. Um, it's worked really well, and and especially on you know Micah Parsons, I think who at times has generated you know a, a decent amount of pressure i think philly he actually had like several pressures it's just he wasn't able to get to the quarterback in time they were getting the ball out fast um and so i i think it's just it, it's frustrating for him he he is very frustrated right now micah parsons is um with just with his own you know level of play and i think with uh you know some of the the struggles that they've had as a team the last two weeks even beating tennessee more frustrated uh, than dak different uh more 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 frustrated visibly to us anyway i i I can't know how frustrated dak is never gonna let you see him sweat like he he may show you that he's dejected but i I don't think we're ever gonna fully know dak's frustration levels how he tries to keep guys accountable that's stuff that i think he considers in-house and he's not ever gonna let us see it on a camera Uh, micah micah's different i think micah's gonna wear his emotions on his sleeve in front of us or not Sean Merriman, that's a good point. Sean Merriman was on with us last hour and said, if the Cowboys don't make a run now, you got to start looking at Dak as the thing that's holding this team back. Um, Look, there, there's there's aspects. Yesterday, and I know we haven't even addressed it yet, yesterday was the worst game I've ever seen Dak play. Um, like, like, Second I mean, time and, you've said that in like eight weeks. No, well, I mean, the other time I said it wasn't that, uh, that was Tampa. Houston. That was Tampa. Uh, uh, Houston was not great. Um. But like the, the the thing I look at here is that there's so many issues outside. Dak has played really well in some of these games recently. He was great against Philly, uh, despite the the one interception that was on him in Tennessee. I thought he played really really well against Tennessee for the most part. Made a lot of really good throws. I don't know what the hell was happening with everybody yesterday, especially Dak. Um, but I I think that. The inconsistency in Dak's game, while that's a, a a thing that definitely could burn them coming into the playoffs and some of the thing, issues he's had with the turnovers, I think there's a lot of other things here that could kill this football team in January. A lot of things with the secondary, the lack of the pass rush, the inability to run the ball. Like, it's all, to me, stuff that could hurt them. Um, you could have some of these. Uh, Dak could get clicking and, and rolling on all cylinders, and it could, you know, it, it may not mean, like, a, a difference at all if they're going to give up big plays in the secondary um, or, or the corner play could improve a, a great deal. And if uh, the running game isn't challenging defenses, then they're just, you know, going to do what they did a lot of last year and just, all right, let's, let's aggressively play the pass and dare the run to beat us, which they can't. And so I, I think there's a lot of things that they have to fix right now that even if you get Dak on a consistent page, even if you get the corners on a consistent page, it, it's got to be more than that. I, I, I think that if they really want to make a run, they're going to have to get this, to click as CD said last night, they're going to have to flip the switch, which is a big ask. I, I don't think it's just as easy as we're going to flip the switch and all of a sudden we're going to fix our problems. But that's honestly what they have to do. Are you uh, concerned about the offensive line, or do you think getting Tyler Biotish back 
will help? Uh, I, I think Biotis coming back will definitely help. Tyron, uh, Tyron's a little troubling at times yes. right now. Yes. And I think that right now, I know this is probably not something any of us would have thought we'd be saying, but I, I think when you watch how Tyron's played at right tackle this year and how Terrence Steele played at right tackle, like Terrence Steele, you, you've downgraded at right tackle uh, to this point. I, I know I uh, haven't got the right tackle position right yet. Yeah, well, and I mean, look, it's and that's the the question I'm asking right now, Brian, and and everybody else is I'm trying to figure out. Okay, is this just about a right side issue? Is he still uh, trying to come to terms with that and figure that out, or is this a bigger question of what we were talking about after San Francisco last year? And this is just about his level of play now. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. Bobby, um, other thoughts? Who was the best left corner? Mullen was impressive, but had the two real bad plays. Yeah, Mullen is Mullen's competitive. He's he's fiery. He did have the the bad penalty. He gave a he gave up the the big pass down the field. Um, there was another time where he should have gotten a penalty and he didn't. Um, uh, you know, it, everybody's going to have their warts at this point. It feels like, um, and so uh, it, it's. I, I think there's an imperfect solution. Um, r- regardless of who you pick, you're not going to feel great about it. Dan Quinn said uh, today that that they've really been, you know, trying out these different rotations in the secondary, trying to figure out who works, and that he feels good about the direction he wants to go. He didn't tell us what that direction is. He's obviously going to try and keep that close to the vest, but he he feels he's got a good handle on how they're going to play the corner position into the playoffs. So Dan Quinn appears satisfied, appears satisfied with what they want to do at that spot moving forward, but I, I think everybody's got to be a little bit, concerned with that area um like i mean even if you know trayvon mullen plays well uh if he's gonna give up you know the the spotty big play that's still enough to kill you that that's what's killed kelvin joseph consistently jacksonville kelvin joseph was not bad every snap he played it was he got burned twice and and that's all it takes and so even Mm. if you're going to be pretty consistent those two reps if you're susceptible to those those can kill you especially in the playoffs noah brown was impressive in camp you know i, I called him mr oxnard and i was eating those words and early in the year he was following through and now it's almost like having him on the field is a detriment because dak throws it to him too much i get that I, and, and i understand it definitely felt like that early like i mean he did end up uh, the game with you know six targets which was as many as Gallup and then Schultz and Lamb both had more than him so I mean at the end of the day we're still talking about him being like the third or fourth target ultimately um but yeah it's just look it it was a a maddening performance on a lot in a lot of respects and yeah it's it's pretty clear to see it's easy to see how you can lose a football game when both Noah Brown and Michael Gallup get six targets both of them have one catch and both of them have 10 yards like, you know, that's a, a pretty clear indicator, I think, of the struggles that your passing game's having. And so um, Noah Brown is a fine player. He, he's he's somebody that I think you can have in your rotation. But, uh, yeah, it, it sure would be nice if, you know, maybe you didn't just flat out give up on Amari Cooper. Um, or maybe you had uh, not gotten, I, I don't want to say, I, I don't know who to blame for the Jalen Tolbert issue. I, I don't know if that's, I know the Cowboys will tell you they asked too much of him. So, okay, fine. Don't ask too much of him. Let him have focused on one thing or just if he would have stayed healthy. There, there are just so many things that have gone with the receiver position this year that I think it can just basically be boiled down to, gosh, it would have been nice if you just could have worked things out with Amari Cooper mm-hmm. and, and not had those problems that you did because I think that we'd all feel a whole lot better about where the receiving core is right now.
Anything else, Bobby, about this game, this team, before we let you go? Just that I love you all, even you, Walchuk, and your beardless face. It is a face only a mother could love, but Bobby loves it too. Thanks. See? Bob. Progress, buddy. Mm-hmm. Don't be so down. So excited. <laughs> Mama and a troll. It's, happy as hell. It's funny. All, all day long, like, usually <laughs> Woolchuck's like, hey, everybody, how you doing? Uh, now it's like his mouth barely moves when he's talking. He's just like in this state of depression. He yep. is. All he's right. frozen right now. He's like I'm a wax good, statue. guys. I'm ready to party. Yeah. I'm just ready for <laughs> Lucius. <laughs> it is time now for Lucius and L.A. Live. Into the Pimp Cup we go, and here he is, L.A. I have an episode of Reaching or Preaching on deck, and a serious interview's gone bad right after Rick. <laughs> All right, you squares. That's weed. That's weed. Fire up this funk and let's have a toe. It'll make you dance with some of everything. Everybody get hot. L.A. Live for January 9th, 2023. Shout out to all the Capricorns out there. It's your time. Stand up question for the Tolos that I asked on my Facebook page because I asked a Tolos question because they know a lot more about us than we know about them. That's right. So I like to put them on blast here on the radio. Uh, That is an amazing dynamic. Yeah. They know us. Yeah. Big time. And they remember a whole lot of stuff. I'm like, yeah. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> yeah. you, do, what? you switch back and forth between your platforms, right? Your Instagram questions and your Facebook questions? Yeah, I feel like I got a lot more responses on the Instagram and I can, I mean, on uh, Facebook and I can read them easier. Okay. Because on Instagram, they all go to messages. And it oh, just okay. becomes like a whole lot of messages and gotcha. I don't get to them all. Gotcha. Uh, Let's see. Question for the Tolos today. What's a hobby someone can have that is an absolute red flag to you? What is a hobby someone can have that is an absolute red flag to you? Fishing. Oh, damn. (laughs) Yep. What? Yep. Okay. I'm a red flag. Me and Broadus, we red flags up in this joint. That's right. Both of you. That's right. Side-eyeing you. (laughs) Okay, I got one for you then, General. Yeah. Uh, gambling. Yes, sir. That's a big red flag. Yeah. I like that return serve there. Yeah. Yeah. I, that. Uh, I got content creator or IG model. Yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if you're a content creator, you're going to need like 40,000 subs on YouTube before it's not a red flag. Mm. Right? About 40,000. Yeah. There's, it, there's if, a lot if, of you, if you're an IG model, I need like what? What's the number for IG? Like 200,000 before you're like legit? <laughs> Not just a thirst trap. I'll tell you uh, what, man. I, I mean, over over two thousand five hundred. I'm looking at you crazy already. I'm like, I'm not going to send a DM this way. I, it's so funny. Got Fifty of them right now. Like <laughs> these, like it's funny because there's a lot of these ladies that go to their boyfriend husband's football game, and they're like, a day in the life as I get ready for my game. Yeah, you know, and it, it's nothing about the guy who you're going to watch. It's yeah. all about what you're doing, you yeah. know, and and then like there's this one gal. She you're can, trying to get the sponsors, right? The she product placement. She could care less about the game. See, that's yeah, disrespectful. She, she could totally like it. It's all about her and like look at my seats and yeah. look what yeah. we're drinking and we're tailgating and it's and you never know who their boyfriend or husband is. Right. It's you never know, and you're like, well. Okay. All they want you to know is that they're at the game. They got sweet seats. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and, and you know who your husband is. Yeah. And you're less inclined to. Yeah. Watch. And they're and they're and they're also want to think that you got it. Nigga, brought us his algorithm is talking to us right now. It He's is. Yeah. What's on that algorithm? You got well, nothing no, but those. <laughs> 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 no, no, no. I'll tell you what. It's it is 
It is, I, yeah, it is. It's a good topic, though. No, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah. is because it's an it's, important it's, conversation. I'm glad we're having it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just I, I've noticed. Like, I'm like, well, I wonder who her boyfriend is. Mm-hmm. You know, as a player, and yeah. you never, you never know. Yeah. You never know who that guy is. Shouldn't you want to know who to hate. Shouldn't they be repping right, the, the jersey? They're, the jersey. they're yeah. hating the fact that they're at the game, and they're but you know they're hating, the, they're hating the fact that they're not drinking while they're at the game. You know, <laughs> right. that's like why, why am I not in the seats where I can drink? You know, kind of a thing. that would be annoying. Yeah. What's a hobby that someone can have that is an absolute red flag to you? I asked the Tolos. One said, uh, "Roommate used to go out driving on rainy days to splash pedestrians." Wow. Okay, that's bleeped. Very rude. Uh, adopting, roommate Bobby? <laughs> adopting too many kids and animals? Yeah. yeah. There's a line. Yeah. There is a very thin line between, like, I love animals and crazy cat person. Yeah. yeah. My, but Pup Happens up, quickly. We were talking about mom and pup up earlier, 89 mm-hmm. years old. We were having a birthday celebration this weekend, and he's telling us the story about the new neighbor that just came in, into their uh, into their neighborhood, came Howdy. over and brought them cupcakes. But while bringing the cupcakes... Uh, who was accompanying the neighbor? It was the two pet rats on each shoulder that she was feeding little snacks to while oh. introducing herself to my Very weird. Okay. Okay, my okay. grandpa said he okay. still hasn't eaten those cupcakes. Yeah, you're not supposed brought. to. You're yeah. not supposed to. She just let you further know don't eat these cupcakes, man. Uh, matter of fact, I have nobody to give them to. These day 14 for these cupcakes. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, constant travel to exotic locations without having the proper means. Oh, yeah. 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 That means. They're paying somehow. Somebody. Love uh, to travel is in the bio with yeah. a plane. <laughs> Taxidermy. Yeah. yeah, they're like a a, 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 a coffee per barista. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you getting this accomplished? <laughs> yeah, they're and always why, bitching about their Starbucks. And man why are you here. always traveling alone? Why is there nobody else in your photos? Yeah. It's always you by yourself. Oh, so you can make the movies and stuff. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're sitting in your seat, you know, and that kind so of So you thing. can make the movies. How, how, how about this one though? Mm-hmm. LARPers. What's that? The live action role play people. <gasps> oh, Ooh, yes. Lightning bolt, lightning bolt, you lightning know. bolt. Those guys? Yeah. yeah. Role models kind of open me up. Too. LARPers? What are they called? LARPing is yeah. live action role playing. <laughs> yeah. Where you and your, you know, community of people can like dress up as medieval time stuff and, you know, you have like foam oh. swords that you cut people's arms off. Yeah, they hang out all weekend and have like fake yeah, sword fights and jousting. Yeah. And is that kind of like the dancing thing where everybody just starts, what's that thing called with a flash mob? Flash mob. Oh, that's yeah. totally flash, different. Oh, totally Very different. different. Okay. Not but the it's, same. it's all one big community that's coming for a, a, a cause, you know, a, one similar cause, oh, but it, their cause really is to care. like uh, air fight each other and stuff. Oh. It's like Dungeons and Dragons, but like times a thousand. It'd probably yeah. be a blast if we decided to join for a day. It really would. You can argue over rules. No, I hit you with the lightning bolt. It was right on your back. You didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Boom, you're dead. Uh, what is a hobby someone can have that is an absolute red flag to you? Only fans. Oh. Not a red flag to me, though, by the way. <laughs> Not a red flag. I, I appreciate your hustle. You know, in, 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 in college and in my 20s, I liked the sight of a smoker. I was like, oh, yeah, this chick parties, uh, right? Smoker. Hello, hey. Yeah, now as you get older, it's like, no, no, we're not doing anything with smokers. No. Yeah. Uh, Listening to Limp Biscuit. Get it off of the nookie. Screams monster energy and busted drywalls right there, Limp Biscuit. God, what a Uh, weird time. (laughs) Being an admin of a local area Facebook group. Oh, jeez. This is pretty solid, people. Uh, G-Bag admins getting it done for us. Thank you, guys. I haven't been in there in a long time. It was nasty for a while. I had to (laughs) back on out. Yeah, I don't blame you. Magic (laughs) Magic the Gathering? I don't know what that is. Okay, that's that that card game. 
I was thinking of the video game. Magic the Gathering is the card game. Okay. Yeah, those are super. I've games. never heard of it. Is that yeah. the LARPing kind of situations, maybe? Mm-hmm. Kind of, it? but it's like Pokemon cards, okay. but like the D&D version, okay. I think. Serving as president of the HOA. Oh, yeah. yeah. That person uh, is yeah. a nightmare. Control freak, <laughs> petty. That's uh, a Karen. That's probably both things, yeah. Uh, empty, empty alcohol bottle collection. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing impressive about that, bro. That's the documentation of your alcoholism. You're supposed to hide those. That's the evidence, bro. Get rid of it. Let's see. If their identity is centered around Disney. Disney adults, basically. They they do exist. They do exist. Do they? We we actually met a Tolo a couple of weeks ago whose daughter has been her dream to go be a Disney princess. And she's been working like singing and acting. Yeah. And I guess that's a little bit different if that's your career. Yeah. But if you go to like a gal's house and she's got like all all the all art the and the figurines and stuff, that might be it. That's a serious red flag probably. What about the about uh, teeth to gum ratio? They said that the Disney adults has a weird teeth to gum ratio. A lot more wow. gum than tooth. Oh, that's mm. that's up. Yeah, I, I can't see a lot of gum when you're smiling. <laughs> Google that. Crazy. I'm telling you. Google that. I didn't make that up. I didn't make that up. Uh, and let's see. Ingesting a bunch of alpha male content is a red flag. Oh, Some they're worried about female the toxic. Yeah. List. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah G- I mean, I think toxic fe- feminism has gone on for too long. So just fighting fire with Accountability. fire. Accountability. Yeah. They be dodging that joint. Yeah. Uh, G-Bag of the day. We do it every day here at 2.30 on the fan. If you see anything out there, hit me up at Lucky Lucius P on most social media platforms. We got a new winner right here, y'all. We have a girlfriend who is defending her rude boyfriend who is, he's relieving himself on a, a lady's house. Looks like there was like a block party or something going on. My man could not wait. He's had a whole lot of Millers. So he said, "Uh, I seen a nice little spot. We've all done it. Uh, But we weren't this rude about it. Lady started recording him. He started cussing out the lady. And his girlfriend tries to, you know, calm the situation down. On his phone right now, I'm going to take a picture. Sorry, ass. Take a picture, I'm pissing on your house. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, I'm pissing on your house. What's up, yeah, bitch. You hear him? Fuck you. Fuck you. He tells me. He didn't mean it. Yeah, well, he's he a private property. I'm not going to on private property. He was going to pee himself. I don't care if he's going to pee himself in the grown person. Go find a toilet. Let's go. Not my house. It's busy. I'm sorry. I'll be the wonder. Sorry. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. That girlfriend, one that's not worried about the toxic masculinity, no, by the way. All, She's attracted all, to at it. All. Yeah. Yeah. At all. She's sending him more stuff. <laughs> he was going to pee himself. You can yeah. pee on my house, but like, don't be a D about it. Just pee on me. That guy must be straight up Brad Pitt, though, to excuse that and defend him. Uh, was there know. was there video involved? Uh, yeah, there was video like, involved. How, how do you listen to your boyfriend yell at the homeowner like that and defend him? Have y'all been drinking all day? She's not hammered. I didn't I didn't hear any slurring from no. her. She sounds kind of sober. She's, she's, kind of she's been sipping yeah. on wine all day. Yeah. I think that might be an abusive relationship. She might it's be. Just playing a hunch. Uh, before we get out of here, we don't, we're running out of time, but I want to do this reaching or preaching. Yeah. Isaiah Thomas has been saying this for a very long time, and it's popping up again. Isaiah Thomas said uh, the Pacers would have won a title and would have not been involved with the Malice in the Palace situation if he would have remained the coach. 
Oh. He's been saying this for a very long time. Ooh. He's saying it again. I'll let you let you hear him say it out of his mouth. Now, here's what happened to me in Indiana. I coached Michael Jordan's last All-Star game. That mean my team was kind of good. Yeah. <laughs> right? I had some young guys that I had put a little pepper in, and and they they we ready to win. Now that we're ready to win, Larry Bird tapped me on the shoulder. You've done a good job here. I like what you've done. I like it so much, I'm going to give it to my friend. Mm -hmm. And his name was Rick Carlisle. And Rick Carlisle took my team and went and won 61 games with and then had the malice at the palace and all of that. And I've said before, it wouldn't have been no malice at the palace if I was coaching that team. Because I don't think the Detroit Pistons fans would have acted that way with me. And by the way, if I was up 15 in Detroit, I wouldn't have had my starters out on the floor at that time. I just hmm. wouldn't. I, I definitely wouldn't have had our test in the game at that time because I knew my players, I knew my team. Yeah. I think Rick was still learning those guys. Now, here's what happened to me. Facts, though, I, you know, I think the, the Pistons crowd would have been totally different if their legend Zeke was out there coaching the team. That, that team was freaking loaded, bro. Like, Jermaine O'Neal, Reggie Miller, James Jones, yeah. the sniper for the Heat, and then several other teams. Uh, Jamal Tinsley, Meta World Peace. It just goes on and on and on. Steven Jackson, mm -hmm. Dale Davis, bro. Yeah. Dale Davis, uh, Austin Crozier, Jonathan Bender. Uh, so, I mean, I know that was, what, back in 2003, 2004? Um, long time ago for some of you, 18 years ago. But that's like a team 10 deep of uh, really, really good players. I don't know if they would have won the championship that year. So is he reaching or preaching? What do you think there? I think he's preaching. Okay. Yeah, he's preaching. Anybody else in there, fellas? You got any opinions if he's reaching or preaching? Just no, I, I can see it. I mean, I, absolutely. In yeah. Detroit? Yeah, yeah, I don't think that probably happens. No, he's reaching. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 Only if Magic's in town. All right, man, that's my time. I got to get out of here, y'all. <laughs> okay, at 877-881-1053, it is time now for the 6 o'clock sound off. Your one opportunity of the week to compete against your fellow Tolo for the best take of the day. The phone lines are open and uh, your calls, your reactions or your anticipation of TCU is coming up next here in the G-Bag Nation. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 